Okay, Ralph Lee. And how old are you? Four? Yeah. And why is Jesus better than anything else? Because he loves me. Being a kid isn't easy. You know you're supposed to be good, and sometimes you feel like you're doing a great job. But then the next minute, you do something wrong again. That's why we need Jesus and to remember the good news of the gospel every day. Not just the part about when Jesus came to earth, but God's rescue plan from before he even created the world and the hope of living with him forever so that we can see through every story in the Bible why Jesus is better than anything else and why he wants you to join him. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jesus is Better podcast. I'm so glad that you're listening to our show today. My name is Thomas Morris, and we're going to be spending time hearing and thinking about God's inspired scriptures, because doing that is like being planted by streams of water. These stories about people like King David and his sons will grow in your life, and they're going to help you bear wonderful fruit, like loving and forgiving others. We're going to need a lot of forgiveness after today's stories. If you remember what happened last week, we remember that King David had taken another man's wife, and then he lied and he murdered to cover it up. It was a sad story, and it ended with King David's son dying. I'm afraid that the stories today don't get better. David's sin with Bathsheba seems to start affecting all the people in his life, especially his sons. Do you ever try and do things like your mom or dad? Or maybe like your grandma or grandpa? Or maybe you even copy a brother or a sister every now and then. In this story, it looks like David's sons are copying everything that he does, including the bad things. Let's think about now what we can learn while we see God and ourselves in these stories. Amnon was one of David's sons. And he thought that he loved his half-sister, Tamar. But one day, he made a secret plan, and then he hurt her very badly. After he hurt her, he hated her, and he sent her away. Tamar's other brother, Absalom, saw how badly that Amnon had hurt Tamar. And he told her to stay in his house under his protection, so that Amnon could not hurt her anymore. King David heard about everything that had happened, and so he became very angry. And Absalom never said a word of any kind to Amnon. He hated Amnon because he had brought shame on his sister, Tamar. Two years later, Absalom invited all the king's sons to come to a party. Absalom went to the king, and he said, Will you and your attendants please join me? No, my son, the king replied. All of us shouldn't go. It would be too much trouble for you. Although Absalom begged him, the king still refused to go. But he gave Absalom his blessing to have the party. Then Absalom said, If you won't come, please let my brother Amnon come with us. The king asked him, Why should he go with you? But Absalom begged him, so the king sent Amnon with him. 
he also sent the rest of his sons. Absalom ordered his men, Listen, when Amnon has come and had too much wine to drink, I'll say to you, strike Amnon down, and when I do, kill him. Don't be afraid. I've given you an order, haven't I? Be strong and brave. So Absalom's men killed Amnon, just as Absalom had ordered. Then all the king's sons got on their mules and they rode away. While they were on their way, a report came to David and it said, Absalom has struck down all your sons. Not one of them is left alive. The king stood up and he tore his clothes. Then he lay down on the ground. All his attendants stood near him and they had also torn their clothes. Jonadab spoke up and he said, You shouldn't think that all the princes have been killed. The only one who is dead is Amnon. Absalom planned to kill him ever since the day that Amnon hurt his sister Tamar. You are my king and master. You shouldn't be concerned about this report. It's not true that all your sons are dead. The only one who is dead is Amnon. While all that was taking place, Absalom ran away. The man on guard duty at Jerusalem looked up, and he saw many people coming down the road to the west of him. They were coming down to the side of the hill, and he went and he spoke to the king. He said, I see men coming down the road. They're coming down the side of the hill. And Jonadab said to the king, See, your sons are coming. It's happened just as I said it would. As he finished speaking, the sons of the king came in. They were weeping out loud. The king and all his attendants were also weeping very bitterly. When Absalom ran away, he went to his grandpa's house. His grandpa was the king of Geshur. King David mourned many days for his son Amnon. So Absalom ran away and went to Geshur. He stayed there for three years. After some time, the king got over his sorrow because of Amnon's death, and then King David longed to go to Absalom. Joab, the son of Zeruiah, knew that the king longed to see Absalom. So Joab sent someone to Tekoa to have a wise woman brought back from there. Joab said to her, Pretend you're filled with sadness. Put on the rough clothing that people wear when they're sad. Don't use any makeup. Act like a woman who spent many days mourning for someone who has died. And then go to the king. Give him the message that I'm about to give to you. And Joab told her what to say. She went to the king and asked him to help her. David asked how he could help. She told him that she was a widow. Her husband had died. She did have two sons, but they got into a fight, and one of her sons killed the other. Now the whole town was trying to put her other son to death, because then, she said, they could take my land away from me, and there will be no one to inherit the land when I die. The king said to the woman, Go home. I'll give an order to make sure that you're taken care of. But the woman from Tekoa said to him, You are my king and master. Please pardon me and my family. You and your royal family won't be guilty of doing anything wrong. The king replied, If people give you any trouble, bring them to me. They won't bother you again. She said, Please pray to the Lord your God. Pray that he will keep our nearest male relative from killing my other son. Then my son won't be destroyed. You can be sure that the Lord lives, the king said, and you can be just as sure that not one hair of your son will be fallen to the ground. Then the woman said, King David, please let me say something else to you. Go ahead, he replied. The woman said, You are the king, so why have you done something that brings so much harm on God's people? When you do that, you hand down a sentence against yourself. You won't let the son that you drove away come back. 
all of us must die. We are like water spilled on the ground. It can't be put back into the jar. But that is not what God desires. Instead, he finds a way to bring back anyone who is driven away from him. Then the king said to the woman, I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to tell me the truth. Please ask me anything that you want to, the woman said. The king asked, Joab told you to say all this, didn't he? The woman answered, What you have told me is exactly right, and that's just as sure as you are alive. It's true that Joab directed me to do this. He told me everything that he wanted me to say. He did it to change the way things are now. You are as wise as an angel of God, and you know everything that happens in the land. Later the king said to Joab, All right, I'll do what you want. Go, bring back the young man, Absalom. Joab bowed his face towards the ground. He did it to honor the king, and he asked God to bless the king, and he said, You are my king and master. Today I know that you are pleased with me. You have given me what I asked for. And then Joab went to Geshur. He brought Absalom back to Jerusalem. But the king said, He must go to his own house. I don't want him to come and see me. So Absalom went to his own house. He didn't go and see the king. In the whole land of Israel, there wasn't any man as handsome as Absalom was. That's why everyone praised him. From the top of his head to the bottom of his feet, he didn't have any flaws. He used to cut his hair once a year when it became too heavy for him. And then he would weigh it, and it weighed five pounds. Three sons and a daughter were born to Absalom. His daughter's name was Tamar, and she became a beautiful woman. Absalom lived in Jerusalem for two years without going to see the king. Then Absalom sent for Joab. He wanted to send Joab to the king, but Joab refused to come to Absalom. So Absalom sent for him a second time, but Joab refused to come. Then Absalom said to his servants, Joab's field is next to mine, and he has barley plants growing there. Go and set it on fire. So Absalom's servants set the field on fire. And Joab went to Absalom's house, and he said to Absalom, Why did your servants set my field on fire? Absalom said to Joab, I sent a message to you. I said, Come here. I want to send you to the king. I want you to ask him for me. Why did you bring me back from Geshur? I'd be better off if I were still there. Now then, I want to go and see the king. If I'm guilty of doing anything wrong, let him put me to death. So Joab went to the king and told him just that. Then the king sent for Absalom, and he came in, and he bowed down to the king with his face toward the ground. And then the king kissed Absalom. Sometime later, Absalom got a chariot and horses for himself. He also got 50 men to run in front of him. He would get up early, and he would stand by the side of the road that led to the city gate. Sometimes a person would come with a case for the king to decide. Then Absalom would call out to him, What town are you from? And he would answer, I'm from one of the tribes of Israel. And Absalom would say, Look, your claims are based on the law, so you have every right to make them. But the king doesn't have anyone here who can listen to your case. Absalom would continue, I wish I were appointed judge in the land, then Anyone who had a case or a claim could come to me. I would make sure that they are treated fairly. Sometimes the people would approach Absalom, and they would bow down to him, and he would reach out his hand, and he would take hold of them and kiss them. Absalom did that to all the Israelites who came to the king with their cases or claims. That's why the hearts of the people were turned toward him. 
After Absalom had lived in Jerusalem for four years, he went and spoke to the king. He said, Let me go to Hebron. I want to keep a promise that I made to the Lord. When I was living at Geshur and Aram, I made a promise, and I said, If the Lord takes me back to Jerusalem, I'll go to Hebron and worship there. The king said to him, Go in peace. So he went to Hebron. Then Absalom sent messengers secretly to all the tribes in Israel. They said, Listen for the sound of trumpets. As soon as you hear them, say, Absalom has become king in Hebron. Absalom had taken 200 men from Jerusalem with him to Hebron, and he had invited them to be his guests. They went without having any idea what was going to happen. While Absalom was offering sacrifices, he sent to Ahithophel. Ahithophel was David's advisor. He came to Absalom from Gilo, his hometown. The number of people who followed Absalom kept growing, so he became more and more able to carry out his plans against David. These stories make me sad. It's sad to see someone with so much promise and who was so amazing, someone like David, for him to fall from being the excellent and awesome king that Israel needed and start making bad choices until those are the things that his sons see. David was probably very upset with himself for sinning against God and Bathsheba and Uriah. And he was probably terribly upset when his son was sick and died. But he was probably hopeful that he and others maybe wouldn't get hurt anymore after that. But one of the worst things about sin is that it's a lot like a really bad sickness. Have you ever had a cough or a cold or the flu? Getting really sick is no fun. I remember when I was young, I got the chicken pox. And most kids don't get the chicken pox these days because there's special medicines that make sure that you won't get it but they didn't have those medicines when I was a kid. So my friend got the chicken pox, so we couldn't play for a week while he was sick. He was covered in red bumps and he had a fever, and he didn't even want to play his own video games because he was so sick and tired. But the worst part was that I ended up getting the chicken pox too. I didn't know it, but he had given me the chicken pox. His sickness affected me. And sin can be the same way. When we hurt others, or lie, or treat others poorly, our bad choices hurt the people that we wronged. But they also act like these sicknesses, and they make all of our friendships a little bit worse. When people hear about the wrong thing that you did, they might think, well, if he can do something wrong, why can't I? Or they might think, Thomas did something wrong to his friend. I bet he might do something wrong to me too. Sin is just like catching a cold in that way. You only have to be around someone who has it for it to ruin your day. For David, as we saw, he ends up losing another son because of their sin. Growing up as one of David's sons, they got to see all the good and bad things that their father did. So, when they grew up, they started acting like he did. And they did those bad things too. One of his sons hurts his own sister in a similar way to how David hurt Bathsheba. His other son had men kill his own brother, just like David had men kill Uriah. These stories are sad because we know that these people didn't have to do this. David's sons could have looked at the way that David acted and chose to act differently. 
David could have looked at the things that he did wrong and used them to teach his sons how wrong they were and how no one, especially the king, should act that way. Hopefully you have parents who understand these ideas. Sometimes even our own parents act in ways that they shouldn't. It's good to talk with them about it and learn what the right way to act could be. Just like your parents want you to learn from your own mistakes, they can help you learn from their mistakes too. Let's pray about this. Dear Father, please help us learn from David and his sons. We don't want our yucky sin and bad choices to follow us around our whole lives. We want your spirit to help us understand when we are doing things that are wrong and for us to tell each other about the times that we've been wrong and for us to help each other act right in the future. We know that you're a good God who cares about each one of us. And we know that we aren't trying to act good to earn a place in heaven. But instead, we want to act good because that's how you made us to act. Please forgive us in the same way that we forgive others. We pray this in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. Well, that's it for this time. Talk to you next week.